0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Hessey and Maven. And by special, I mean worse, because Raven's not here. It's just me, Justin. And that has to do with fucking Khalid. Stop calling out of work, man. Because then Raven has to go in and fill in for your ass. And I don't like it. And it's annoying. Happen again. (laughs) And I'm gonna... I'm going to be mad about it. Okay. Well, so on this episode of Hesse and Maven, Raven is not here. It's just me. I just take
1: that for what it is. I'm going to give you 10 seconds of silence just to think about it. All right. You're either with us or you're against us. And by us, I mean me, because it's
0: just me here. I can't make that any clearer. Um, So what are we going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? What am I going to divulge on this solo episode, this absolute nightmare (laughs) (laughs) that I don't want to be doing? But I wasn't feeling well yesterday. Come in this morning. Hey, let's just do it Wednesday morning. We'll do this episode. We'll put it out Wednesday afternoon. Bada bing, bada boom. No, 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 no. Khalid calls out. Anyway, it screws up my whole plans.
1: So anyway, here's what I have for you, okay? I have written some poetry. And I'm a little embarrassed
0: by it. Some of it's really old. (laughs) Some of it's, like, very old. And some of it is, like, legitimately how I used to, uh, process my feelings, do you know what I mean, so, there were, there's some poems in here that I'm not reading, because I'm, I'm like, before I started recording, started glancing through some of them, and I was like, Jesus, like, dude was depressed, (laughs) oh, this poor sad sack, anyway, um, yeah, let's just, I mean, let's just get into it. I'm on like an old website that I'm not going to mention that has some poetry on it. And I'm just going to go through some of it and we'll just kind of take it from there. Um, (laughs) Please bear with me, I guess.
1: I don't know what else to talk about. Um, Yeah. Uh, Hmm. Man, these are nuts. I have a couple that are about Dungeons and Dragons and they're even like
0: obviously they're not very deep, but they are also like very
1: <sighs> cringy. Are you guys ready for this? I hope you are. Um here's a dumb one. So I'll I'll
0: read the poem first. And then I'll give you a little bit of context.
1: (laughs) Does it say when this was written? Oh, wow. Okay, it does. November 9th, 2018. The poem is called Slug. Slug was a former self. An attempt at anonymous fame.
0: Slug was my Banksy, my Obey. In the shadows, I could shine. Enjoyment in the taboo. The breaking of the rules. Slug was my hide. And like the good doctor, I reveled
1: in abandonment. But I had to shed this layer. Make way for growth.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Snaps, snaps. Could be heard throughout the cafe.
1: Wow, wow, wow. These are terrible guys. Uh, There's a limerick I wrote. I once had a friend named Amanda.
0: This poem isn't propaganda, but she's pretty freaking cool. Together we went to school. Favorite part. Favorite, wait, fuck. <laughs> favorite animal is the panda. Damn it. First of all, her favorite animal, I'm pretty sure, was not a panda. Although that'd be hilarious. It just rhymed with Amanda and propaganda, right? But anyway, uh, yeah, I had a friend freshman year, Amanda Parker. I don't know what she's doing these days. I think she's a lawyer. Goodness gracious. Anyway, wow. Blast from the past. Um, back to my slug poem. (laughs) So like in college, I, um, on my way on a long drive to Chicago, I watched the documentary, Exit Through the Gift Shop, which is like, it's about Banksy, the graffiti artist, but also other graffiti artists, and also just the art of graffiti, and then it sort of becomes about the person who originally was the documentarian, and then became the subject of the documentary, this guy,
1: some French dude, who
0: eventually goes by Mr. Brainwash or something like that and he puts on a show and it's just all very tacky it's very interesting but anyway got me really into graffiti is the long and short of it so I was like sick I'm gonna do graffiti now like that's my new thing (laughs) this is my identity now for however long and so then I go to uh, I read a book about Graffiti and tagging and stuff like that, and realized that, okay, I need a name that is fast, something that I can I can spray paint on a wall or draw on chalk or do whatever my medium will be. I could do it real fast and do it on here and blah blah blah. And like I had come up with this like alter ego or this name or whatever, and I thought it was funny and I thought I could write it really fast. I thought, um, this is good. This is good. And it was slug.
1: (laughs) Slug. I used to do it. S is a dollar sign. (laughs) Boom. Boom. L comes down
0: and is a big arrow. Like the bottom part of the capital L is a huge arrow pointing to the right. U. And then the G. I do like the C part of the G. And then the other little part. I made an arrow that crisscrossed the L arrow, blah, blah, blah. Bob's your uncle. You get it. Um, But, yeah, I used to do that a lot in college. And it got to the point where people were talking about it. Like, people, I didn't tell anybody except for my friend Andrew at the time. I didn't tell anybody that I was slug. And then I started telling a couple people that I'm slug. But only a very few people. And I was like, don't tell anybody. (laughs) So, it was like this... Fun fucking thing I I tried to have stickers made But I like fucking was an idiot And couldn't figure that out And I didn't have any money to go to like Kinko's or something So I just ended up printing out pieces of paper And then just having glue And just gluing them to cement walls Just these like pieces of paper And I did My main thing was chalk Because I was so afraid of
1: (laughs) Um What's it called? I was so afraid of,
0: um, getting caught and like getting in big trouble or something like that.
1: Like I couldn't afford that. So I did chalk ma- mainly, but anyway, slug, what a fucking gangster.
0: That was so fun. Okay. Here's a poem called politicians are like, it's actually a part of a series, but the other ones I didn't feel like I wanted to read it out loud. This is the tamest one. Um, Politicians are like <clears throat> Politicians are like butt plugs. In the beginning they fit and they make you feel good, but after not too long they start to not fill your gaps, becoming increasingly unfit to hug you
1: close. Instead they are distant and selfish and they want out. Oh my gosh, I'm reading through some of these guys. They're crazy. This one's just called Beep, Beep, Beep.
0: I don't even know why. I don't even know if there is a beep, Beep, Beep. Maybe it's the alarm clock. Anyway. Start the day on the left side of the bed. Bleeding gums, the sink turns red. Floor de lis hangs on the bathroom wall. Before coffee, I'm forced to crawl. Less than human, I awake as a slug. Barely vocal, I answer via shrug. Am I in limbo between awake and asleep? I don't have a map, and so I'll creep. Take my time to navigate. What's that noise, that beeping? I'm getting irate. It won't stop chirping, driving me mad. I've lost the directions that I had. The beeping is growing in volume. The beeping makes me think of my bedroom. I recognize the rhythm. Recognize the tune. It's meant to awake me from slumber soon. It's my alarm clock trying to make a peep. It appears that I've fallen back asleep. Oops. (laughs) I can't believe that I ended it with oops. What an idiot. Oh my gosh. Limerick number 15. I once had a friend named Kathleen. She was funny and sweet and keen. She eventually became a nurse. Of our friends, she was engaged first. I hope her wedding day is serene fucking limericks oh my gosh kathleen what a shout out okay kathleen was the greatest she was the best of us (laughs) like if you've ever seen a movie where there's like a team of people she was the best of us she was the one if we lived in the world of like scream don't, don't that or is that I that No, no no i'm thinking of i know what you did last summer is that scream that's different than scream anyway um (laughs) <laughs> she would tell the police. She would be like, guys, we have to do the right thing. Like This is crazy. Um, she was always so good, so pure. Um, and she's a mom now. She has a baby. So cute. Absolutely incredible. Limerick number 14. I once had a friend named June, sweetest girl in the room. We were best buds, thicker than bloods. Haven't heard from her since Blue Moon, <laughs> which is accurate.
1: I haven't talked to June in forever. All part of the same crew.
0: Um, here's a D and d one. I'm just going to read. Guys, this is it. This is the fucking episode. Okay? We're only 12 minutes
1: in. We're only 12 minutes in. This is it. <laughs> okay. This one's about D&D. In
0: each game, a different person played. To go on, a cost must be paid. Leave your former self at the door. The world we create together, explore. Today, an elderly man who's made a deal. A demon holds his soul with zeal. Tomorrow, a gnome who plays guitar. Crowds gather from near and far. Maybe a gigantic barbarian with a puppy and a backpack to carry him. Possibilities are endless. We're never defenseless. <laughs> with imagination, our weapon. As well as the key to heaven, so roll for stats and pick a name. Open your minds as we start the game. The real world starts to disappear. Enter a new one with intrigue and fear. We start in a tavern on a stormy night. But we end in a dungeon with a deadly fight. Feels <laughs> like Dracula at the end of that. We end in a dungeon with a deadly fight. Oh. Fuck me. Oh god. <laughs>
1: This is so embarrassing. Mm. Holidays. This one's just called Holidays. Flying south for the holidays.
0: Orlando Airport is a maze. Colored leaves just a phase. Pumpkin, everything's the craze. Samhain shall be raised. (laughs) Limerick, number 12. I once had a friend named Ralph. Kinda odd, like that alien alf. But he's also wicked smart, funny and a sweetheart. Sort of a human
1: giraffe. (laughs) Giraffe. (laughs) Oh my god. Just end it.
0: (laughs) I really tried to make giraffe and Ralph (laughs) rhyme. Oh, boy.
1: This one's called Tossed Memories. God, I'm crying a little bit. Okay. Tossed Memories.
0: Random key. What do you unlock? What stories do you keep?
1: Who discarded you and why? How did you come here to be in my change drawer? Oh, well. Garbage. ridiculous oh my goodness well
0: okay we'll get back to poetry I have so many to uh, talk about here's one more limerick before we go I once had a friend named Nick he and I we just clicked he just got married single life's been buried but he seems thrilled with his pick (laughs) that's a pretty good one
1: (laughs) Wow. Oh, goodness, this is a funny one. Okay, but first, so
0: I love writing. I love writing poetry. I used to do open mic poetry in college, but I'll tell you, the first time I ever did it, I was watching, like, Def Jam poetry and, like, all these different slam poetry competitions and stuff. Um, There's, like, uh, there's a documentary, actually, on HBO. It might still be on HBO. You know how HBO Max and HBO company have been doing weird things. But um, it was called Brave New Voices. I recommend go watching it if you, give, if you care about poetry at all. But anyway, um, I was watching that and, like, the people were performing on stage and all this different stuff. And it was like, okay, this is how you do it. <laughs> well, gang, I tried to memorize my poem so that I could fucking slam it that first open mic and it was about how music was compared i each stanza of the poem compared music to a different element so it was like earth water fire wind whatever right oh my goodness what a fucking that's so funny uh and i went pretty early on because i was like yeah i really don't want to like just sit here and listen to other people's poetry. I want to do mine because it's, it's in my head. It's fresh. Let's do it. And I missed a couple lines and I stumbled over a bunch of words, but it was what it was. I got a you know a round of applause. Good, good to go. I felt good. Everybody after me, though, gang. Everybody after me either had paper or their full laptops. People were carrying their full laptops up to the top of the stage so that they could read their poem verbatim off the thing and i was like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) like what i could have done this and not missed a line oh my gosh anyway so i love writing always wanted to be a writer always wanted to use my imagination and
1: try and make something of it harder uh Harder than it sounds. And it already sounds pretty hard. Um, But anyway. Here's a short story I wrote. Very short. Like a page long. It's untitled. Steve lay awake in his bedroom. Staring at the ceiling fan.
0: His eyes followed one particular blade. As it spun around and around. Until he got dizzy. The weatherman said this was going to be a storm that we would all remember. He was most certainly right in Steve's case. He always found himself beginning his stories with how the weather was on that particular day or night. The clouds were dark gray, and they were moving faster than Steve had ever seen them. And it was at this point, while Steve stared at his fan, that he remembered that he left his windows down in his truck bit his lower lip in contempt, and crawled out of bed. Steve cursed under his breath at his family's lack of umbrella and at the fact that his jacket was without a hood. So he threw up his collar in greaser fashion and headed outside. Steve briskly ran to his truck and jumped inside. Lightning was touching the ground almost every five seconds, and the thunder was ear-splitting. Steve rolled up his windows and thought about how he could make it back to the house without being struck by lightning. He held his breath and eventually just went for it. He sprinted through his driveway, across his lawn, and as soon as his hand engulfed his doorknob, Steve felt the hair on the back
1: of his neck stand up. Time seemed to slow down, and Steve looked up at the sky. He watched as the clouds
0: above lit up and a beam of light came striking. Down. The bolt struck his head and surged through his body. His skin burned, his blood boiled, and his eyes were rolling in the back of his head. In the blink of an eye, 150 million volts of electricity raced
1: through Steve's body. And as quickly as it had came, it was gone. Steve stood still, still gripping the doorknob,
0: his mouth wide open. The hair all over his body was still standing. slowly walked into his house in disbelief. He had just survived a lightning strike. He paced through his house back and forth, replaying the previous events in his head. Steve could not believe what had just happened. Being a teenager in high school, his first thought was to make a Facebook status telling people about what had happened, but he knew people would never believe him. He grabbed his cell phone and texted his best friend and his girlfriend about the lightning. Both of them replied with doubtful responses. Neither believed steve had been struck by lightning and was nonchalantly texting about it steve realized that being struck by lightning was most definitely phone call worthy he began to get frustrated at his friend's disbelief just then steve's front door opened and his 16 year old sister walked into the house finally steve thought someone who would believe him he rushed to her and he told his sister all about the storm and the lightning bolts and all the sensations that came with it. And when his younger sister began to burst into laughter at his bullshit, as she put it, he felt his skin get hot all over again. She continued laughing all the way up to the stairs to her bedroom and Steve paced once again. He would live. The rest of his life, knowing that he was struck by lightning while no one would be any the wiser. He thought to himself, Steve wanted someone to believe him more than anything, but who would? If he was truly honest with himself, he knew that if a friend told him one day that they were struck by lightning unscathed, he too would be doubtful. He began to calm down when he realized that his friends and family's skepticism was justified. His story was unbelievable after all.
1: With this newfound serenity, Steve accepted his fate and sat down on his living room couch. It was
0: approaching 6 o'clock, and he loved to flip back and forth between liberal and conservative news programs. When he turned on whichever politically biased news show he preferred that night, the newsreel scrolling across the bottom caught his eye. Man struck by lightning caught on camera lives to tell the tale at 6:30 p.m. Steve reread the text over and over without blinking. His jaw dropped and he heard
1: himself shout, "You lucky son of a bitch." Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That was a full page about a guy getting struck by
0: lightning. No one believes that he got struck by lightning. And there you go. <laughs> Fucking
1: dumb. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hilarious, guys. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> this, I don't know. This one's dumb. Uh, It says, my name's Vinny. I'm in love with the barista at Starbucks.
0: Her forest green eyes, dark chocolate hair, and brilliant smile were what made each grande house coffee with milk and sugar the best coffee in the world. Every day before work, I would go in early, get my coffee, and take a seat. I pretended to be consumed in some social media on my iPad, but she had all my attention. My thoughts were constantly revolving around her beauty and it began to spill over into my daily life. I had dreams about her. Every girl with dark hair began to look like her. Her name tag read Mona. It was a two-syllable song, a romantic novel all on its own. I was infatuated beyond belief. I had to tell her how far I would go to express my love. I had to. I needed to go to the extremes of romance in order to convey my love for Mona. Should I write a ballad? Or should I shower her with gifts? A single rose? A bouquet? What would accurately show Mona
1: that I would lay my life down for her? So I cut off my ear and I sent it to her.
0: Bitches love that macabre shit. (laughs) Signed. Vinnie Van Gogh.
1: (laughs) That was so stupid. (laughs) Absolutely hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Dude, some of this is like really intense. Like, is this like a. This is crazy, dude. Oh, man, I got to read this one. You guys got to hear. Okay, this one feels more like journal
0: entry than, like, actual writing or something like that. Sorry for that long pause there was probably when I was looking for something. But, um, okay, let's get into this one. (laughs) This is crazy i definitely wrote this when i was in college when i was a dorm i had a dorm but i was an ra
1: because i remember i reference a poster that's on my wall which is fucking crazy okay ready the walls of my dorm room have been blank for too long sure i
0: have the mural of abby wambach and the rest of the u.s women's national team but the opposite wall is about as bland as plain bagels without cream cheese. I used the money that the Department of Resident Life gave us to print out a uh, two-foot-by-four-foot poster of a cat's mouth with the word meow carefully placed in between its whiskers. We were given the money for food, but I always go through a fasting stage after coming back to college, after weeks of being at home in New Jersey. The first week of school, sometimes called syllabus week, is the appendix of school weeks. We could really do without it. We could but we keep it around anyway. And although I'm usually against going out on weeknights, the college phenomenon Thirsty Thursday was calling my name from the mountaintops. So I trudged through the bitterly cold wind to my friend's house off campus. He had heard from a friend's friend through a page on Facebook that Cornerstone corner. Blah, 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 blah. That cornerstone bar was giving away free cores at 10pm to the first 200 people. Free alcohol and college students go together like accordions and horizontally striped shirts. Or like beach themed bathrooms and the color cyan. <laughs> so we pre-gamed. Or rather, we had two beers while playing Super Smash Brothers on N64. And I got stuck with the controller where the joystick jams with from spilled vodka. Finally... We left the house and began walking to the bar. Josh and Andrew didn't wear jackets for the walk to avoid the dilemma of carrying it into the bar. I, however, have trust issues and believe no one would dare steal my winter coat. That being said, I wore it, brought it, hung it up on the coat rack. When we got to the bar, we were more sober than I would have liked. Finally, we found the smallish girl with the lanyard who was giving away free beers. My friend used his Filipino charm to coax from her two beers for each of us. All the while, I was texting an attractive Indian girl who had the same name as my horrific high school ex-girlfriend, with the exception of the hyphenated Abdul part. She was coming to meet us at the bar, and she was bringing our mutual friend, with whom I've had a crush on since the RA class my sophomore year. But that all changed when my pastel-loving fratty friend slept with her when she was probably too drunk to remember his rude, filterless personality. We'll save that for a sappy diary entry written in iambic pentameter, though. When they got here, I introduced them to my friend Ned, who was going by Nick purely for the sake of confusion. <laughs> the Indian girl was drinking a whiskey sour, and the small one was drinking a vodka tonic. I, on the other hand, in my impeccable ingenuity, decided to be avant garde and order off. The thirsty menu and get a Red Bull and high end vodka. And by the time I finished my second $7 drink, I started to feel the inebriated juices flowing. It really is a shame that there's some kind of Berlin wall that inhabits my dancing skills until I consume a Ronald Reagan amount of liquor to knock it down. Nevertheless, East and West Germany were unified at this point of the night, and the dance floor was my oyster. By the way, that oyster saying seems purely arbitrary in my opinion. If anything, the dance floor was more like a battlefield and not in a Pat Benatar kind of way. At some point, the girls left, but not without texting me to meet them outside. I went out on the patio and shared a camel crush with Erica. Every time I crush the little ball of menthol in the filter, I feel the need to say crush aloud. I honestly am more ashamed at my nicotine addiction than every other aspect of my entire life. The few times my dad has commented on smelling smoke have been the worst moments ever. I refuse to see it as anything other than gradual suicide since everyone who smokes must know about the lethal consequences, and yet we still give in. After I finished the menthol fiberglass-filled cigarette, I went back inside the bar. I found... Andrew, Josh, and Ned on the first floor dancing in, like, a tribal circle with an assortment of beautiful girls. This wasn't an unusual sight. However, what was strange was the lack of sorority girls. Um, the women dancing with us had high IQs, good grades, and more self-respect than the entire AXO house combined. I don't even remember who that is. <laughs> okay. Fuck. <laughs> I was approaching the intoxication levels that allowed me to bend at the knees and drop it low and bring
1: it to the flow. Um, I danced and danced until
0: my quadriceps ached. My lungs felt like they were burned with the same lactic acid. Luckily for me, Andrew wanted to leave the bar, which was code for have sex with his girlfriend. <laughs> They left the bar, but the night was still young, so I called my friend Rob, who was donned with the nickname Gangbang. <laughs> no one is sure how or why we gave him the nickname, except that it just sounds right. Gangbang said he was at the sports bar down the block. Why is that his nickname? Is this Rob Marengo? What other Rob could it be? He was at the sports bar down the block. I was so pretty, and so I ventured out. I entered the bar in our mutual... Persian friend was DJing. He's pretty good, I suppose. I guess he's about as good at DJing as Leonardo DiCaprio is at winning Oscars. Oh, wait. Wow, I wrote this a while ago. He's got an Oscar now. All right. um, Back into some poetry. This is nuts, guys. I, some of the stuff I haven't read or written in so long. It's such a weird blast from the past
1: why like that whole story with (laughs) erica abdul hake and i dated a girl in high school erica hake and then this indian girl and it's crazy absolutely crazy i never dated
0: her but i had a big crush on her and i had a crush on her friend too which was like the first time that that has ever happened where i was like really into two friends and was like low-key just friend. I mean, I'm sure from their perspective. I mean, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. But I'm pretty sure there might have been like a day when maybe one of them was like, "Oh, I could see myself maybe with Justin." Who knows? But I doubt it. I'm sure most of the time it was like, "He's he's he's a nice guy. <laughs> he's friendly," and that was it. And that's fine.
1: Um, because Erica also always had like a really serious boyfriend. And then, well, the small one—I used to call her Young Thug. Anyway, um, here's a poem about titled
0: "Halloween with No Money." Halloween with no money takes you on a different adventure. Repurposing becomes the name of the game. Time to be tame. Don't want to be lame. Let's not get crazy. We just need something to hold us over until next year, where we'll have more. Of a I never do costumes steeped in horror. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'd rather be funny and make people laugh. This year I had to make a gaff. To hide the boy bits, but I wasn't bitter. Throw a red bow on Rosie the Riveter. Cat ear headbands, fake human blood. Last Last minute planning turns to crud. But end of the day... But at the end of the day, you spend all this time dressing to impress. But after the reveal, the characters start to rest. And then it's just a party where most people are uncomfortable, but not you. Oh, no, you chose correct in your jeans and T-shirt that read go ceilings, go get it. You were a ceiling fan. I know. I know. But Halloween on a
1: budget can seem daunting with a little creativity queen. You'll be flaunting. Wow. Crazy. Here's one called Immortal. (laughs) I think I may be immortal.
0: I know many of you will chortle, but you'll be wide-eyed to learn that I've never died. Nope, not once in my life. One time I got sick with the flu, but my body powered through. I just hit a new personal record, turning 28 in a week, you heard. And that's the oldest I've ever been. Competing for the oldest man alive, I've been practicing since I was five. Back then I was awful at being old, but I've got much better, I've been told. I've gotten much closer now to my goal.
1: (laughs) That's a dumb one. That one's so dumb. Oh my goodness. Bunny Ears. This one's called Bunny Ears. I blame my dad for this peculiarity
0: I now have to suffer with day in and day out. It's his fault, and it's nothing to do with genetics either. He knows full well what he did the moment he taught me this unique pattern of doing things. We can't... We can sit here and offer encouraging intentions, but his actions led to consequences. And now I have to carry this burden like a twisted crucifix. My peers and colleagues look on with trepidation the way you watch a car crash. They have their own pattern, a more widely accepted one. Seems more efficient, more practical, and sure, I could maybe muster the courage to be taught, to learn,
1: but I choose not to. I don't want to get my hands dirty. Because their
0: pattern, to me at least, is pure witchcraft, like sacrificing chickens or bathing in lamb's blood. I will not participate in the occult that is their method. And so, I carry on. And one day when I have a child, they too will become afflicted. This isn't a genetic disease, but rather a cultural oddity I plan to share with my lineage. My father passed it on to me, and I too will continue the trend. Who knows how far it will go, either. How many generations will decide to hinder themselves at the expense of tradition? We will all bend the knee to use both hands firmly grasping the laces of our boots. But how many of those will weave together two fully formed loops? How many will stand out among the majority of followers? How many brave pioneers will choose the correct method of tying one's shoes? in my family for generations it has been bunny ears or bust
1: and bunny ears or bust it shall be for generations to come i oh, thank you <laughs> so dumb um this one's just called ego
0: I am most definitely a narcissist. I think I'm the son of Icarus. Because the sun attracts me to her, my own desire becoming the saboteur. See how much of a narcissist I am? I not only put the word saboteur, but I pronounced it sabatier. <laughs> Come on. What is that about? I once had a friend named Frank. Always got the goods. They dank. We hop in the whip. Take a little L
1: trip. <laughs> Pull down the windows. Don't stink. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, this one's called uh, Rick Mentality. Woke up this morning with Rick Mentality.
0: Fearful for what it meant for reality. Consumed by nihilism. Nurtured by despotism. Surrounded by chauvinism, all the isms got me weak in the knees. Planet's gonna die, we can't save the bees, but our planet is one of nine, I mean eight. Our solar system's not even that great. Even if, even the sun isn't number one in the universe, trust me, I have traversed it. At the end of the day, why does it matter? We're all matter anyway, the cat, the dog, the pollock, splatter. Inside my bedroom, from my head wound, I keep crashing on the wall, keep thrashing against it all, but there's no point. One, dimensions, one dimension, two dimensions, three dimensions, four. Better find a new one. This is nuclear war. What is going on? This, this one is too deep. People stroke their egos like phalluses, give their hands calluses, malices all around us. My point is none of it matters if our whole planet shatters. There are other versions going strong, even though we did this one wrong. Goldbloom said life finds a way. It already has this one's just an ashtray.
1: Whoa.
0: That one's deep, dog.
1: <laughs> Whoa. That one's a little crazy. Oof, this one's deep too. I don't know if this one I don't know if y'all are ready for that one. Let me do this one instead.
0: Um, it's called anti-Lorax. I'm the anti-Lorax. I speak for the allergies. I speak for the allergies, the agents of misery who fly through the air disguised as tree sperm. And I'm asking you, sir, at the top of my lungs, why do we even need trees, sir? Technology and engineering can can fashion us an artificial tree that doesn't cause the nostrils to burn, the throat to itch, or the eyes to water. Yes, I am the anti-Lorax. The one who speaks for allergies. the ones. You symptom treat with sprays and pills and lozenges. But imagine a world without trees spraying down their seeds. No more yellow powder-laden days. I feel like I said a word wrong there. (laughs) Yellow powder-laden days. No more foggy haze. Just a world where we all see and smell a little clearer. We can all be here, or at least near. If not, we can steer clear of that pesky conservation. For yes, I am the anti
1: laura and I speak for the sniffles, the red eyes, and the runny noses. May all your troubles be gone. Cresse Cressa Cresse. I once had a friend named Jeff, as nuanced as a
0: treble clef. He's opened my eyes to possibility, like how a nine to five is a sign of
1: servility. Now I dream of being an author or a chef. On, look at that. Boom boom boom. I once had a friend
0: named Ned, the kid's a wonder, like Brad. When we broke down on the road, he went into mechanic mode. On his shoulders, he's got a good head. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ridiculous, dude. Um Alright guys, the last one we're gonna do, this is a shorter episode than normal, but let's be honest. That's all we need. <laughs> we don't need much more of me reading old poems. Um, this one is called Hunger. Uh, When I used to live at my dad's, there were times when to avoid his girlfriend, I would just not come out of my room, really.
1: And sometimes I would just be hungry in my room, but like didn't want to eat their food or... I don't know, it was a weird time, weird time. But I wrote this poem called Hunger. Breakfast is a
0: holy meal, the only meal. Breakfast is the start of the day, the only way. Breakfast is my king and queen, my in between. Breakfast is the best part, even a Pop Tart. But I haven't eaten breakfast in weeks, so I remember it fondly antiques. Of a time I had green to spend, an empty stomach could mend, but I pretend. That I'm not starving here, starting to disappear right through the clear glass that's not half full or empty, just empty. So I'm shoving my mouth full of speech just to feel something, maybe teach or wait. Can I feel my stomach chew on itself? Is that a thing? If so, it stings and like a lunch bell rings, I'm going off. You call it a valley, I call it a trough, but mine is empty, can't you see? It's
1: so simple, I'm just hungry. Crazy, pretty crazy. Yeah, I was real hungry. Uh, A little poem by my friend Andrew. Uh, In college, I met this bro. He was always happy, you know. Never
0: needed a beer to be near the clear path, to be near the clear path party to party success. And yes, he and I sometimes made pancakes, but not together. Don't want to give you the wrong idea. He's the kind of friend you can tell about your diarrhea. He will loan you his last tortilla. Andrew's always been a class act, but it's not an act. It's as genuine as DNA, but I think it's in his DNA. You see, Andrew has an amazing family, albeit a little broken like mine. And together, we found so much treasure in this mine, deep underground, where new artists can be found with a sound so perplexing and it rouses debate. He's taught me to love, never hate. Andrew's a guy I call a jerk. Being a jerk takes work. He punches in for overtime, and he writes poetry that rhymes. He's talented, and he's savvy. Andrew's a bull rider taking life by the horns. And when he grabs the rose, he thinks of the petals, not the thorns. Andrew, this one's for you,
1: bud. This one's for you, Stead. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Here's one about Kate. I
0: once had a friend named Kate who's a big believer in fate. Like horoscopes, tarot cards,
1: reading palms and crystal shards. She's a woman of love, never hate. Wow. Cresser. Uh What are these? They're like long ones. Cressy, 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 man. There's a lot
0: of stuff there. Oh, wow, wow. Well, gang, thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast um, and hope you enjoy there's not going to be a video version of this one we're just putting this out there but um, yeah definitely continue to follow us here while we're post keep posting every week where there will be a new episode if you have any ideas if you want to be a guest if you want to come check us out or whatever give our email address hessingmaven at gmail.com and you can also follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever. Um, that's just Hesse and Maven. One word. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in this week. Please tune in next week where we'll talk about something else. Bye. Bye.